physically extremely healthy and if you eat perfect nutrition if your thoughts are like chronically toxic and stressful and worried it's gonna negate all of that work you do for your body you have to you have to think healthy you have to think pure you have to think not out of fear and then you know your emotions will respond to your thoughts and when your thoughts are healthy and your emotions are healthy it's so easy to take care of yourself that's kelsey spanbauer and this is the rain studios podcast this one with kelsey was actually the first one that I ever recorded and um, it's very fitting because she was the lead midwife at the birth of our first and very only son Um, and I'm just so grateful for this human who you're about to meet Um, Kelsey was the first woman in my life to really lay it out for me in plain English what it meant to love and we'll get into that in more detail in the podcast but kelsey a little background is a cpm which is a certified professional midwife she's an ldm which is a licensed direct entry midwife and a postpartum specialist Uh, she's worked as a midwife in syria and afghanistan at refugee camps as well as some pretty intense tours in china get some details on her um, experience in becoming a midwife in the podcast. Uh, A little background with Kelsey and I, she was just weeks away from her wedding day when we first met, and she is now the mother of a beautiful baby boy, Jethro, Um, and she is a true earth mother. Kelsey, by that I mean so many things, but Most importantly, Kelsey is deeply connected to her intuition and her inner strength. It's evident that she trusts herself and is not afraid of the harsh reality of any situation. She's an avid solo hiker, a camper, an adventurer. Um, She's actually born and raised in Bend, which uh, is unique these days in Bend, Oregon, um, which is where we had Wolfie. Um, She is a living, breathing angel walking among us, hiding her wings somehow, but I see them. So without further ado, the humble and magnificent Kelsey Spanbauer. Thank you for coming, Kelsey. Thanks for having me. So um, Kelsey is um, our number one podcast guest, our very first, and she was also and is also my number one midwife. Um, she brought our beautiful baby boy, Wolfie, into the world, and we will get, um, we'll get some details on that story, uh, to come, but I would love to, um, I would love to open up and begin, because I gave the guests my spiel on you prior, mm-hmm. so I don't have to do, like, the, this is Kelsey, these are all of her accolades, and da 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 they have heard. Um, but so where I would love to begin is the birth story of Jet. Okay. (laughs) Um, I haven't even heard it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Jethro is my firstborn son and I had him at home with my husband. Jeremiah was there 
um, who was very nervous about having a home birth. <laughs> and my business partner and friend, Tiffany, was there as my midwife. And nice. our birth assistant was there. And my friend, Veronique, came at the end. And actually, one of my clients came. Oh, my God. It was very interesting. I just felt, I was like, who do I want at my birth? Nobody. Thought, <laughs> For some reason, I need this woman at my birth. And I asked her to come, and she came. It was She awesome. was a client. Yeah. Had she had a baby already? Yeah, she had had a baby with me about just over a year before. Wow. Yeah. Cool. And it was really special to have her there. So... So how'd it go? So it was great. I, I, gosh, I loved being in labor. I did not <laughs> like being pregnant. Oh. Pregnancy was hard for me. I was really sick the whole time. Yeah. I, I couldn't even drink water till I was like 36 weeks. I just threw everything up. Oh, I did um, too in the beginning. Yeah, so rough. So bad. And then, <laughs> in the beginning. I did like nine births my last month, so I just, you know, I I didn't really, <laughs> in a sense, I didn't really think too much about giving birth because I was thinking about everybody else giving birth, mm -hmm. um, but Tiffany, at the at very end, she gave me like three weeks to kind of just be a mom, so I didn't do births the last, probably, I think the last baby is just on less than three weeks older than Jet. Okay. Um... So, I remember having contractions all night, but they didn't hurt, and I was just, I slept through them, ignored them. Oh, wow. I had had some labor earlier on, mm. at like 35 weeks, and um, so I just didn't believe. <laughs> I didn't believe. <laughs> it's not time. I was yeah, just gonna, like, I'm going to take my own advice and ignore it as long as I can. Great. Um, and then in the morning, I woke up, and I was like, hmm. I think this is really it, but I'm just going to keep ignoring it. So I cleaned the house because I love a clean house. Yes. And, and what day is this? Oh, this is the 16th okay. of September. Wait, no, the 16th June. of June. <laughs> I was right? like, Wolfie was September. Yeah, yeah. I got married the 17th of September. So the 16th of June, and um, we, did, we went on a walk, and it's really hilly, and I was having contractions... You know, we were walking around. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I need to go shopping for baby socks. So, because I hadn't done, I hadn't bought anything. Like, <laughs> I had not done any mom stuff other than, like, I ordered a crib online and, like, this little mini crib thing. And I, I, I hadn't, I didn't do any, I didn't even have a birth kit. Nice. So then uh, we went and looked at baby socks and I started having really strong contractions at the baby sock place and they asked us to leave. Oh my god. <laughs> we were very nervous. Did you go this. back? Have you gone back since and been like, see? No, that's, I, that story kind of sucked. I didn't mm, like it. Mm. Um. <laughs> it doesn't But the sucks. baby sock, like the oxytocin with all oh, the cute little, they're oh, just so yeah. cute. Um, so we went home and I took a nap I think I was probably in active labor. I didn't have pain with contractions. Wow. And how so, far apart were they? Um, I mean, I was ignoring it, but they were, they were Ish. every five, like three to five minutes okay. apart. Wow. Um, and I took a nap, we watched a show, and then I woke up, and I was like, I don't know, like, 
I think this has to be really early labor. This is ridiculous. But I felt in my heart like I need to call Tiffany. So I called her and I was like, you guys probably shouldn't come because I don't think I'm really, this has to be really early labor. I feel like but, that's what I said to you too. I remember it was like 7.45 p.m. I was yeah. like, I think maybe. <laughs> that's like a pretty normal thing, right? To like, to call and be like, I think in the early part, yeah. yeah, but I think both of us were further, like, way yeah. further than we thought. Yeah. Um, and what time is this for you? I don't know. Probably, like, 5 or 6 p.m. In the evening. Okay. Yeah, that day. So then she's like, yeah, okay, I'll come out. So my contractions, as soon as I got off the phone with her, I had this really amazing, um, this beautiful, I had made this playlist and this song mm-hmm. came on and I just felt like my spirit filled up and my heart filled up and I just had this beautiful, it just felt like heaven opened and grabbed mm-hmm. me. It was so awesome and I remember crying and then I went back to go lay down and um, then they were really, really strong. I still didn't have pain, but they were very intense contractions, like every three minutes. Wow. Um, and then, she, and then um, she texted me to tell me she was on her way, and everything completely stopped. Wow. Um, Wait, can I ask you a question about pain for a second? Sure. So I feel like everybody has a different definition of pain, mm-hmm. and it, pain is like a spectrum. And do you feel like you have a uniquely strong ability to deal with pain? Because of your life. Mm-hmm. So like a contraction that may have been painful to someone else didn't feel like pain to you. Just felt like, and because of your relationship with birth and sort of your familiarity with seeing other people go through contractions. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't say I have an exceptional pain tolerance. Mm-hmm. I'm not a wussy, but I... <laughs> I think I just thought about birth, you know, differently. Yeah, and more like maybe accepting of the... I had no fear about what was happening to my body. And I was totally surrendered to the process until a certain point, which I will... (laughs) And then Sean when we get there. Okay, sorry, Um, yeah. But I just, I felt really empowered and I felt really close to God and I felt totally, I was totally zenned out. Yeah. Um, and then I knew Tiffany was coming and everything stopped. <laughs> and I was like, great. She's driving. She lives like an hour and a half away from me. So she gets to my house and with the birth assistant, which I don't expect because the birth assistant doesn't come until wow. we're transitioning, but maybe they just really loved me. So they showed up at my house and I was like, everything stopped. Mm. You know, you guys should just go. And I was kind of irritated that they were there. Yeah. But then she was like, I'm not leaving. Mm. I'm not, like, can I take a listen to the baby? And then, you know, we'll just sit and hang out. I was like, fine, whatever. There's a basket of granola bars <laughs> and all these cute snacks I have for you over there. And very important, by the way, yeah. for your birth crew. Yeah, snacks, snacks. are a blessing. Oh. Um, but I have, like, a one-bedroom studio, so there was nowhere for them to go. Like, right, couldn't get out of your face. No. Well, <laughs> I went back to the room to lay down. I was like, I'm just going to go lay down and go to bed. <laughs> Y'all can go home and go to bed, but, you know, I'm not really in labor. <laughs> so I laid down, and within ten minutes, like, they were every two to three minutes, and I, I was, like, fully dilated within 
um, like probably an hour or two of that. So I just, you know, I got there and then, um, I don't know why, I don't know why I never really had a really strong urge to push, which was, um, I don't know, in hindsight, difficult. I probably started pushing really soon, but I also feel like I really just waited till my body was doing it. I wasn't like trying to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't get that fetal ejection reflex, like maybe only three times mm -hmm. the whole time I was pushing. And, um, I, um, I remember being in the tub and being on my knees and pushing like early on in the pushing and feeling like an apple size of my baby's head coming out, like on the outside of me hmm. and then thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to tear. This baby's coming too fast. <laughs> so then I would lay back in the birth tub and, and like pull him back inside because I kept thinking in my head, this is happening really fast, but I didn't want anybody close to me while mm. I was pushing. So like Tiffany definitely didn't see nobody really knew that was happening. Mm. And I was totally in labor land, like not communicating. And, um, I think the, the longer that I started thinking about tearing, that's when I started having pain yeah. and I started feeling this really intense pressure on my pubic bone which surprised me I thought that I'd feel more pain like down on my bottom yeah but it like was perineum. like my pubic bone that wow. was really hurting and then the more I started thinking about tearing I started having pain in my hips yeah and um and the harder it the harder it got um and so I did that for a long time without realizing it and then Finally, I got out of the tub and moved to the bed. Was his head actually out at this point? Like, you reached down and felt... Well, like, his head was coming out, and then I yeah. would lay back, and he would go, go back like, in. back up behind my pubic bone. So Oof. I was so close, but then I'd get Oof. freaked out, and nobody knew this was happening. So, <laughs> so my midwife wasn't like, no, 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 just keep, just just keep, keep going. going. So I gush, I think I did that for three, four, five hours. I pushed for seven hours total with him. Oh my and... God. There's standing ovation for that one. <laughs> for my, well, for the midwife, because I had no idea. Oh like I wasn't, other than thinking about tearing, I was feeling really chill about it all. Which I'm going to interject about tearing. I was so happy to tear. <laughs> and I didn't tear that bad, but I teared. And it, and I was, it was like, once I accepted that that was my path, that like I was going to tear, I was like, sweet, this baby's coming out like, and, and I'm going to heal, you know? But I think that that's a pretty common, this is common. I've heard like a lot of women are like, right when they're like, wait, how? And they try to squeeze and that exactly comes right back up. And, and I had never seen a, a baby go back that, like that much. That's amazing. With another mom. Like he was... Like, close to crowning, and then in. all the way back up. And I did that oh, for hours and God. hours without realizing it. Oh. Um, and He was so ready to breathe. Yeah. He, <laughs> and he was a trooper. He was so patient. My midwife was so patient. I'm, I was still loving being in labor. Like, I never thought this is too hard. Like, I loved. It was way easier than being pregnant for me. Mm. Um, but I obviously was having a hard time with 
you know, accepting whatever was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I was not surrendered. Not I did not take my own advice. <laughs> so, um, that's sure. amazing. You surrendered to the idea of like this baby coming out, except for just, I was not willing to tear. You like I was not. Tear. And I think like <laughs> Tiffany was right. I was being a midwife and yeah. not being a mom. And right. that's what, my friend who was there said too, like you were, you were teaching your assistant, like because mm-hmm. this assistant was still in training, like wow. during your birth instead of just being in labor, you were teaching her about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, you just need to stop it in your birth. I'm like, but I'm having fun. This is fine. Leave me alone. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> I remember I don't. I got out of the tub and um, went to go to the bed and. I either had a big mirror on the wall so I could see myself pushing and I could tell that I was pushing but I just did not have that fetal ejection reflex. I had the urge to push but it wasn't like my body wasn't doing what it was supposed to be doing so I was just bearing down. Mm -hmm. And um, Tiffany was like, okay, you just, you need to lay down and go to sleep. And I'm like, I don't know how long I've been pushing, but I know that it's been at least a couple hours. And I know that this is code for you're running out of energy. And if you don't get this baby out soon, you're not going to be able to. Mm -hmm. So I had my friend lean up against the wall and I got up on my knees and I put my stinky, sweaty armpits (laughs) all around her and I pushed my baby out. (laughs) Yeah, you used gravity. Yes, Huge. I needed the gravity. Like, I did not, my body did not effectively push, like, unless I was up, like, fully vertical. Amazing. For whatever reason. That makes total sense to me. And, um... Not what happened to me, but makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, and I, I didn't necessarily want to deliver that way again, because I didn't want to tear. But, um, and then I remember feeling... Tiffany, like, touched the baby's head as he was coming out, and I yelled at her, don't touch my baby! Because <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a midwife, right? And I'm, I'm catching this thing! I'm at so many births that I never get to catch the baby. Because Aww. it's the mom, like, we feel so strongly that unless there's a reason why we should be catching the baby, the mom should be the first person to touch the baby. So yeah. even if the mom can't catch the baby, we usually have her deliver the baby onto the ground or mm-hmm. whatever whatever is underneath her and then pick her baby up as long as everything's cool so I was like I am catching this baby (laughs) and (laughs) ain't nobody gonna stop me (laughs) and the love that they have meaning Kelsey and Tiffany (laughs) is so is one of the most beautiful relationships that I've ever seen so the fact that you said that to her (laughs) is just it's that she that she wolf inside of you you know yeah I'm doing this and I didn't care like I didn't care if she thought something was wrong oh of course no I was like you do not get to touch this kid Mm -hmm. and um she's like well you're sitting on the bed and his head is like getting pushed into the bed so she just like I guess she says she just barely moved his head yeah and then I reached down and caught him and I remember, like, the first thing, like, just where I ended up grabbing was right between his legs, and I felt his little testicles, and I was like, it's a boy! Ah! We have a boy! <laughs> so that was one of my favorite moments, is, yeah. like, seeing my husband was on the other side of the bed, because he was a little terrified oh about my what God. was happening, but seeing him see it's a boy, and that I did it, and, um, and then all of a sudden, it, like, it didn't matter 
that I had been like pushing for forever, I had all this strength again, you yeah. know? And so we, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. And it was like pushing him out was harder than I thought. I, I thought that I would have like that, that reflex and he would just come out. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, it was really like, I was in my head way too much about mm -hmm. it. So I learned a lot from, you know, the importance of not being my own midwife. <laughs> not being my own midwife. Yeah, that's something I never even like thought about how that would, how you, well, like, like teaching, like I'm as a yoga teacher, I feel like a lot of times when I'm trying to have like a self-practice, uh -huh. I'm teaching myself in my head and I'm not just doing it. So I imagine it's like kind of similar. Well, and it's that illusion of control, it is right? You think like, oh, I can control how this is going to happen, what it's going to be like, and you just... You just can't. And I, by the time he was born, I was so swollen that mm. I did end up having a tear that took forever to heal. Mm. And it was terribly traumatic for me. Mm. But if I had just pushed him out like six hours ago, mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have had that much tissue damage. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, our bodies are amazing and we do it. And I absolutely loved my birth. I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's hard work. Yeah. And I don't like... I didn't suffer, and it wasn't, like, him actually coming out was painful, but contractions were easier than I expected, mm -hmm. but getting him out was... Precarious. Was, <laughs> was, um, I guess my, I didn't trust my instinct, and I tried to think my way through pushing him out, yeah. and that did not that did not help. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where the, uh, that saying of, like, you know... And I know it's not true for every time, but like it's a first time mom as a first time, first time mom going through labor is very heady and like, I don't know, but I would imagine that next time around the letting go and, and kind of letting the process happen could probably be easier because it would be more intuitive because you've been through it before. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, so like the next time, and if, if I was my own midwife, I would be saying the next time my work is going to be working through the fear of not going through the same trauma of mm -hmm. the terror not healing and and in labor not holding on to that fear of tearing because oh. now next time, like it was hard for me last time mm -hmm. for whatever reason that was, everyone has a thing that they don't want to happen mm -hmm. at their birth and that was mine. Right. And so next time my work is going to be to surrender that and... And then you won't tear. That'll and be the trust funny the process. Part. You'll yeah. just be so open. You'll just be like, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm really hoping that that's what happens. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that's amazing. And so then, and then afterwards, like, can you just describe like the next couple of hours and the next even days, like for those listeners who know nothing about home birth and this is all new? Yeah. So, um, I just, I just have to give tribute to, to my midwife because nobody waits seven hours for somebody to push out a baby. Like, and she didn't bad. I, I had no idea that it had been that long. Mm -hmm. And, um, she, she tirelessly served me, um, Tiffany. and respected me very, yes. very well. Um, so he came out and then I had to deliver the placenta, which I also had a hard time with <laughs> because I, I knew that I tore and I was feeling like 
no. everything. I was holding so much, but eventually we got that thing out, which <laughs> was amazing. Like, ladies, if you're listening to this, don't fight the placenta. Just let it go. <laughs> you feel so much better. And the funniest, too, is if you remember, I don't know if you remember with me, but I remember we finally got Wolfie. Like, uh, you know, everything was fine. And then Kelsey's like, all right, mama, we have to deliver the placenta. And I remember just being, what? And saying, like, we didn't talk about it this. It almost feels like a betrayal, and right? Yes. Like, I have to push something else out. I literally was like, we, I, I remember saying, like, we didn't talk about this. And you were like, oh, no, no, we definitely did. And I was like, no, 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 no. But yes, I second that motion. Do not fight the placenta. But when it comes yeah. out, it feels so great. And it's so neat. It's yeah. such a neat it's thing. It's such a miraculous <sighs> organ. It's so cool. Fascinating. Um, so this whole time, his cord, like, we kept his cord attached for probably at least an hour. Maybe nice. an hour and a half. And the placenta still wasn't out. So we cut it because... Oh, the placenta was still in you for yeah. an hour. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I... I mean, I guess, I don't know. She didn't really talk to me about bleeding, so I'm assuming my bleeding was fine or she mm-hmm. wouldn't have, you know, been that patient with that. But, yeah. Um, she's so patient. So we got it out, and then I had to go... I went and sat on the toilet and delivered the placenta, and then um, I actually did something that I... I don't know. Like, I, I'm not sure why I did it, but it seemed right at the time. I let Tiffany hold the baby, and... Um, I was feeling a little lightheaded, so my husband and I got in the shower and he kind of helped me rinse off and clean off, and then, um, we went back into the room and I got to lay down and snuggle and nurse my baby, and I don't remember much more than, than, um, I put on, like, my husband is a very tall, broad-shouldered man, and I put on one of his giant flannels, yeah. and I snuggled the baby up inside, and we just nursed and cuddled, and, um... And he latched right away. I thought he did. Uh-huh. But, turns out, eight weeks later, he oh, actually bummer. was tongue-tied, and we weren't latching well. Bummer, dude. So, I learned so much about breastfeeding. I'm way better breastfeeding support now than I was before. Nice. But, um, he latched enough. Like, he, he gained weight great. And yeah. we didn't have problems until he was eight weeks. It just, at that point, you know, we had difficulties. But, yeah, so it was great. He latched on. We, um, he was a super chill, healthy, easy baby. Nice. It was awesome. Just some bliss. It was yeah. a really blissful, like very tiring days, I remember, but like literally the happiest days of my whole life. Oh gosh. Just, yeah. Oh I remember God. waking up the next day and seeing my like super weird jelly belly. So weird. And like, <laughs> I don't even know what I looked like, but I looked in the mirror and thought I am the most like mm-hmm. beautiful warrior princess that yes, ever existed. Totally. And I've never, the only other time I felt that beautiful was on my wedding day. And I know that I did not look <laughs> like oh, that. You did. But that love, that love was so great. And, um, I, one thing that was funny is I had been so sick in my pregnancy that it was really hard to get me to eat anything. Mm -hmm. And um, in labor, they had me eating this toast with butter and jam. Nice. And I was totally digging it. It was great. But then things got a little intense and I didn't want to eat anymore. 
And after he was born, like part of what what our team does is we make a meal for the parents and we help feed them in bed and it's super great. So she came over and she's like, well, what do you want to eat? And I was like, I want the rest of that toast. And they're like, well, we'll make you new toast. I was like, no. This, the, the same the toast. Same toast. <laughs> They're like, Kelsey, that's been sitting out for like six hours. I'm like, bring me the toast. <laughs> so I ate my stale toast and it was delicious. <laughs> and I, oh now I'm like, man, I should have got some eggs benedict or something really great. But uh, I just, I wanted that toast. So I ate that. I remember you saying sushi during your pregnancy that like, yeah. you were like, I can eat the sushi. It's the only thing I can eat. And I was like, I remember I was very similar to that. Yeah. It's one of the only foods that was like, Sushi is one of the only things I ate that I didn't throw up. And then I also really liked rice cakes with mm. peanut butter and jelly. Ooh, yeah. I did that a lot at birth. <laughs> Tiffany would laugh at me because I'd be like <laughs> in between contractions making these peanut butter and jelly rice cakes. Just not going, trying to share them with everyone because to me they were amazing. Perfect. But nobody wanted them. I couldn't figure out why. Oh, that's awesome. So how do you feel like, so you delivered quite a few babies before you had a baby Mm -hmm. and then you've delivered quite a few babies after you've had a baby. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like the experience of birthing has changed you as a midwife? Um, I think my trust for birth is deeper and I, I really feel like I had respect for the process before, um, but I, I believed before I had a baby that birth didn't have to be painful mm-hmm. or traumatic. Mm-hmm. And then I experienced, like, aside from when I was afraid, I had a painless birth. Mm-hmm. Like the moments of fear, I experienced physical pain. But when I was surrendered and had no fear, I did not have pain. And so that really deepened my trust in that birth is designed to be normal. And it's designed to be healing. It's designed to be a blessing. It's not supposed to be traumatic or horrible and it's hard like it's hard work yeah but it's it's just not supposed to be this terrible thing that most women are anticipating yeah. so that really deepened my trust and belief in that and a lot of people you know don't agree with that because that wasn't their experience mm-hmm. um but I really believe that if we do the hard work our bodies fall and it doesn't mean that everything will go perfect but sure um, it definitely makes the process different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm different as a midwife, but I think the, the beliefs that I, I had about birth and about midwifery were definitely reinforced by my own experience. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so your skills as a midwife and like and holding space for your clients um what do you think like and I guess your reference you know not comparing yourself to Tiffany or your assistant but like what specifically about you and your personality do you feel like is significant in the holding space for your clients Mm. I don't need to make it my own. Like, your birth is your birth. Yeah. And my job is to give you the information and support what your choice is. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
women when they take full responsibility for their births and for their bodies and they're not looking for someone else to do it for them. You know, when your birth isn't about who your midwife or who your doctor is, when it's about what's already inside you being called out mm. and manifesting, like mm. that's what makes birth really beautiful. Yeah. I love that. It's so cool. Well, and I have firsthand experience with you doing an excellent job at that. Yeah, so, um, super cool. Um, in typical mom and nursing mom form, I have to pee. So I'm going to push the pause button. Great. And stay tuned. But this one's still going. All right. <laughs> so we're back from our pee break. Um... Can I add one thing to your oh last my question? God, yes. So one of the things that I I don't know how well I do it, but that I really want to do for families and that I would want in a midwife that I would have for myself is um, getting fear out of the picture. So during pregnancy, we're really... I mean, you came in late in the game, but we're so really late. intentional about working through people's fears about birth or anything. Like, sometimes it doesn't even have to do with birth. And stress, fear, worry, anxiety have such a detrimental effect on our bodies, on our pregnancies, on our babies, on, you know, on a spiritual level, emotional level, physical level, chemical level, so... Let's just go with that. So can you talk about your process? Because, yeah, I so I came in, I think, three or four weeks before my due date with you so we yeah we really didn't have any time to go through that and Kelsey was a super warrior princess in her <laughs> midwife way being like yes I will work with you you crazy people and you know I recall her asking us like so what's your address we're like taking paperwork and we're like hmm. you know the funny thing is, is we don't have a house yet we don't have an address we live at uh, we lived at Devil's Lake at that point so um, so she took a big um, leap of faith with working with us, but, um, so yeah, so we didn't get to do that. And, um, so what does that look like with you, with the legacy midwives practice? It looks different with every person. Yeah. And every person processes different. Every person has different experiences, but mm -hmm. we, you know, we really get to know people, build that place of trust. We try and identify any traumas from previous births or, you know, ideas about what their mom's birth was. It usually revolves around birth and somehow ideas about birth, but sometimes it's just fear of not being a good parent or, mm. oh my gosh, this is my fourth baby in five and a half years. Like, how am I going to do this? Sometimes it's, you know, the fear of overwhelm or whatever, or just stress from not sleeping or my husband lost his job and I have to, you know take care of the kids and be pregnant and come up with all the money. Mm -hmm. So helping moms find practical ways to deal with the stress in their lives, making sure they're getting good nutrition, mm -hmm. um, helping them find tools to like deal with emotional tension between them and their husband or partner, or, um, sometimes it's the mother or the mother-in-law making sure that they have the boundaries set up that they need so that they can have that clear emotional space and not be dealing with other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. Helping women figure out what they're emotionally responsible for and what's not their problem and to just shake it off because as so many of us, like 
spend so much time worrying about other people's emotional problems and they're just not ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and these and are really like life, this is like life lessons. What's interesting is that we face them in such a real way as pregnant moms. Like we have this nine month timeline that's like, you better get your shit together <laughs> and be your best self because you're about to have a baby. So it's like, it's a really cool opportunity to like check yourself and as a, as a pregnant woman. But I mean, and these tools are tools that really anybody pregnant or not could use, you know, because of fear and anxiety and worrying about other people's problems, it affects us all, um, whether we're pregnant or not, mm-hmm. you know? So like, so going through these processes as a pregnant person, I feel like it's a, it's such a great opportunity for like the rebirth of the mom, you know, in a, in a way like, yeah, but even that, like, even saying, okay, I need to be my best self right. because Pressure. this baby is coming. Pressure. Like, you were given this baby and yeah. you were entrusted And you are your best baby. self. And you need to accept who you are. And dealing with your fear doesn't make you, like, yeah. you know, we, we all have things that we have to work through. So loving ourselves well is something that I think our culture does not make space for we don't love ourselves well as humans we don't love others well and I think that that's a huge piece of working through the fear is checking in with the moms like are you loving yourself are you taking care of yourself physically but also like what's your thought life like Mm. how do you think about yourself and that's really where the key comes in with fear anxiety stress about birth how are you thinking about birth how are you thinking about your pregnancy are you sitting around thinking about all the things that can go wrong? There's a difference between being prepared for anything that can happen and being willing to accept and have a prepared team. Like what we do as midwives, we're prepared for when things go wrong. Mm-hmm. But that's different than sitting around and meditating and forming all these thought patterns and memories. They actually physically restructure your brain. When you sit and focus on a thought, so if you're going to sit and focus on a thought for a positive expectation versus a negative one that has a huge impact on how birth goes. Like apparently I was focusing too much on not tearing. Yes. yes. <laughs> Wait, you so know. go with that. So, so do you work, you work on meditation with your clients? Um, yeah, I, with I would say, yeah, we definitely cool. take them through visualization sometimes. And, um, Personally, Tiffany and I are both, like, Christian, so we do a lot of praying and using a lot of Bible verses and scripture. A lot of our clients have that same belief system, so we find that to be the best way to help our moms, and we've seen so many powerful transformations and healings and things um, come about that way. Um... And visualizations really help too because if you can picture yourself in the situation that you don't want to be in and then picture that situation provided for and you're being held and you're being protected and you're being taken care of, Mm -hmm. it helps you to say, okay, I'm not going to anticipate that situation, but I am going to anticipate being loved and being safe even if that happens. And sometimes that can be a really hard place to go when you're dealing with a past trauma. Like, I don't want to go back to where I was before. Mm -hmm. And picturing yourself in that place 
sometimes isn't super appropriate, like depending on, you know, what it is. But sometimes it's really healing to yeah. say like, okay, last time, you know, I had this one client who had the worst hair that I have ever seen. Mm -hmm. And she did not have good nutrition. So that is probably the reason why. Um, but we took her into a surgeon to repair the tear. And he was like, I've never seen anything like this. Mm -hmm. It was insane. And so she gets pregnant again. Terrifying. And the first thing she talks to me about, like seven weeks pregnant is, I don't want to tear again. What do I do? So we talked to her about nutrition and about, you know, praying and changing her expectation for this birth. And second baby came out bigger than first baby, not a scratch, oh. nothing. And, you know, taking care of her body, but taking care of her mind. And she had, you know, a better experience. And thinking about, like, you can't just, like, I don't know, thinking about things a certain way doesn't always solve everything. But it solves a lot of things. <laughs> well, and it's believing. you Like, because thinking about something, I feel like, is, like, surface tension. But when you really believe in something, and that's where spirituality really comes in. So, you know, whether you want to call it religion or spirituality for our listeners who, you know, mm -hmm. however that feels. But when, I think a lot of the, the lost, the lost nature of our culture is because so many people lack or feeling without a spiritual connection um, to Mother Earth or to God or the universe or whatever that is. And I feel... Um, you know, personally that in my life, like having that spiritual connection is what gets me through all of my hard, mm -hmm. my hardships, you know? Um, so I love that you guys work that into, into your practice. Well, and you can't be in the room when a baby is born and it. say that we don't have a spirit Whew, and say that there's no angels and Shit. say that there's no miracles. Like, those babies are born and you can feel the presence in the room. It's just like when somebody dies. Yeah. You feel a presence in the room and that's... You just... Going through your pregnancy and ignoring that is like denying a whole part of yourself the nourishment that it needs because birth is spiritual. It is physical. It is emotional. It is sexual. It is yeah. totally encompassing of what we are as human beings. Yes! <laughs> Innate. Oh, it's just so like amazing. we believe as midwives, we're supposed to nurture your body, teach you how to nurture your body, your mind, give you the information. Information is power. Mm -hmm. Teach you how to think about birth in a way that is freeing and empowering, and not terrifying and trapping, and nurture the spiritual part of you too. Mm -hmm. mm, so cool. Which would be the fear, right? Which fear is going to be. It's going to be emotional, but it's also inherently spiritual. Yeah. And then eventually it manifests physically, too, in your body. Definitely. 100%. So, and you did touch on, um, on that a little bit. What do you know about your own birth? So, like, when, Kel when Kelsey came into the world. Mm -hmm. And how does that story, how has that shaped you and your relationship to... I mean, at being a midwife, and then maybe even your birth of Jeff. I don't know a lot about my birth. I know I was posterior, nice. and my mom opted for an epidural. Yeah. But I also know she didn't have any of the information that I have. Mm -hmm. And so my whole family, I mean, I'm definitely the first and only home birther in my family history. Mm -hmm. Becoming a midwife was definitely against my family grain. 
Um, but the more they see and the more they run into mamas and their babies with me, the more they, they can see the, the wellness and the health that they didn't have mm-hmm. with their experience. Um, and so I think for me that reinforces the beauty of everything that midwifery comes with the emotional support, the nutritional support, the, um, just that like person that comes along and like empowers all the parts of you because my mom and my grandma didn't have that and their whole perception of birth is, you know, it's something that happens to you, not, and you need someone to do it for you, right? you know? Like, you said earlier that that I brought Wolfie into the world, but I didn't. Right. I witnessed you bringing him into the world. Right. And gave you information and held a safe space for you. And I think that that's yeah. um, something for me that just reinforces how valuable and how necessary midwifery is and how healthy home birth culture is when women are well-informed and well-taken care of because... Like, they never even knew. They never even knew about their bodies. They never mm-hmm. even, you know. Totally. And so I feel like, and because, you know, I feel like we could, you can always look back and, like, hindsight is twenty twenty or whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, because you and I had such a short period of time to get to know each other, um, like, I think that had we gotten to work through... Had we gotten to work through some of my fears and some of my insecurities prior to, I mean, you, Kelsey didn't even know. She didn't even know about um, a lot of my fear and trauma. And um, and what's interesting is, like, in the days between, we had a phone conversation. Um, and I was really frustrated and afraid. And I was like, Kelsey... I was like, why did you make me go to the hospital? Mm-hmm. And you were like, because my intuition told me that that's what we should do. And I was like, well, where are you? Like, like it was something about fear. And I can't remember the words because I guess I was so tired and so scared. But I was like, you know, I was like, I was, I was so afraid. And it's just, and you were like, but we're not operating from a place of fear. And it hit me like a, like a freight train and I was like well if you're not operating from a place of fear where are you operating and you with this pause and clarity said love Mm -hmm. and I was like what (laughs) like I I didn't even understand what that meant And, and it was like this huge moment of realization for me that I was like I don't even understand what love is and I was clearly operating from a place of fear because it was almost just like damage control. Like, like the second my water broke, I woke up and I was terrified. Like it was, I was just flooded with fear. And I was like, and I looked at Damien and said, I can't do this. And he was like, well, of course you can. <laughs> You're going to do this. And I was like, no. And so that was like my instant reaction. But so then the process, you know, was got us to that point and when you said but and when you said those words to me like when you were just like I operate from a place of love all of my decisions are based from love um you know in that bio that I wrote for you I was like that taught me that literally like it shattered my world in the best way um so I'm just really grateful for that moment I wanted to interject that in here um 
I hope that helped you it with your birth and definitely did. Do you remember that? I don't remember that conversation. Yeah. But that is definitely like the most intimate thoughts of my mind. <laughs> yeah. And what I want to do for every woman because like you hire us as your midwife to give you information and to tell you when things are normal and when they're not normal. Mm-hmm. And I remember with your birth, I I just I was listening to your baby after your water broke and there was nothing clinical that I was like this isn't right, but I just I felt and it was the first and only time I've actually ever felt that way. This baby's telling me something's not right. Mm-hmm. And I can't, to this day, tell you what it is. I can tell you that... It is the fear. Like, I mean... Or, like, because I don't think that I was... I literally wasn't grown up yet. Like, it was like you were kind of dealing with, like, the child version of me. And I was holding back so many things that I should have told you, like about my fear and about my discomfort in my relationship and the discomfort that I like, because while it was awesome and exciting that we were just coming from Hawaii and like living in a tent, like that was also terrifying, but I wasn't like, I didn't want to share that with you because I couldn't, like I didn't know how I was Mm. afraid and, you know, like feeling like, like I was judging myself. And so there was this, all this internal dialogue going on that I didn't have the tools to share with you. Um, the confidence, you know, I didn't have the clarity. I didn't, I didn't have the clarity looking back on it. I'm like, I can see it pretty perfectly, but you know, I think even when I called you after my water broke, I don't think I said like, I'm terrified. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I told you that. I think I was just like, Hey Kelsey, so my water broke and, uh, I don't know, maybe you should come over. And you were like, and then you said, you were like, Hmm, it's late. I think I'm going to come over. And it's, I feel like it's some sort of maybe even like an unspoken energy that we had where you knew inherently like something isn't right. And it was this giant mega ball of fear that I had. And, and Wolfie felt it too, you know, I think. In hindsight, I think that's what we were working with. Um, I wouldn't be surprised either if there was something going on with the placenta actually because um the way I think we talked about this at one of your postpartum visits but Mm -hmm. the way that he was shaped when he was born Mm -hmm. um is fairly typical of when there is some sort of placental insufficiency Mm -hmm. and obviously it was enough for you to grow a healthy baby but maybe the combination of the two was enough for me to just have my little caution light blinking Mm -hmm. and I didn't feel that you wouldn't have a great birth I thought you'd have a great birth but I felt like we needed to investigate and get more information so you could make a choice with all that information Mm -hmm. and unfortunately the only way for me to get you that information was in our hospital because it was Mm -hmm. a weekend oh right and um that introduced a lot more fear for you I think Mm -hmm. which um is not awesome, and I wish it wasn't that way, but there was no other way to get you that information. Right, well, and in hindsight, too, though, like, I, um, like you said, like, I wouldn't change my birth. I wouldn't change a thing, because in, like, the sort of divine way, I feel like all of that was necessary, 
because I didn't work through it before. Hmm. So when my water broke, like, you know, the divine, the divine spirits of the world were like, you're going to, we're going to go through all of this because it, it almost like it was like, like testing, you know, it was like, it was like, these are some milestones that we're going to have mm-hmm. to work through because I had to learn to make my own choices. Like I said, even just, you know, moments before, like, you know, and Kelsey brought my baby into the world. I brought my baby into the world. Yeah, you did. You guided me, you know, and, um, but so, but you got to the point, like, where you have that information that I'm saying, I think your baby is asking for help. Mm-hmm. I don't have any clinical information to say this is wrong or this is wrong. You had that one ultrasound that looked yucky. Another yucky. one that was fine. <laughs> yeah. And well, then there's OB who hates home birth telling you, <laughs> telling you, yeah, whatever, go home, just come back for another ultrasound. Yeah. Like, you're fine. Your baby's fine. And then you had all this information spinning around and your response was a journey, but the end of it was, I can totally do this Mm -hmm. and I know that I can take care of my baby and I want to be home until you say no. Yeah. And I think you took total ownership of all that information and... And I wouldn't have done it if it didn't happen that way. Like... That's the way I see it. Like, it's like, I had to go through, we, we had to go through, you know, that like really difficult, difficult steps because I needed to learn how to make my own decisions. And I joke about this, um, a lot of times when I say like, what do you know about your own birth? So I was a cesarean baby. I was a scheduled cesarean baby because I was breached and I joke about it, but maybe there's some truth. Like I was robbed of my first decision. So I'm a, really bad at making decisions <laughs> and so sometimes like life needs to bring these pretty big obstacles you know for me to to really like I'm you know I'm the person that has to learn the hard way so um but I'm so grateful for that experience and I guess one thing that I do want to share um when I went in for the ultrasound for the biophysical mm-hmm. exam right which is, like, kind of a stupid ultrasound, but yeah, go ahead. But no, I mean, I just want to say, like, well, because what happened was, I think this is pertinent, it's all pertinent to the fear conversation. So, here I am, still this, like, very young, sort of, like, naive, people-pleasing version of myself. So, like, big-time people-pleaser. Um, I, you know, and you go into labor, and, like, you're supposed to be she-wolf. Like, it's not supposed to be about other people it's supposed to be about you yeah and your baby and I'm still like you know let me make sure everybody around me is okay and the young lady who did the ultrasound I was like instead of like calming and breathing and focusing and you know like communicating with my baby which is what I would do now if I was in that situation Mm -hmm. um I was just like you know kind of surface tension very ungrounded lofty you know in this sort of vata state and like small talking with her, you were being passive. Ah, uh, so passive, and I'm like, so do you have any kids? And as she's gliding the like cold jelly over my belly in this like dimly lit, terrifying room, you know, and she's and she lets me have the world's most depressing story about how she and her husband have been trying to have kids for like three years, I think. And how, like, she 
first thought it was her, like biologically. So she was doing going through testing, and then they got to the point where that was exhausted, and they had to start testing him, and how like, you know, and like Wolfie was. I mean, we are so thrilled to have him now, but he was not a planned baby. So here I am being like, feeling, I'm feeling so much pain for her. So not only am I like terrified about having my first baby, am I like in the hospital now and I don't want to be, but now this poor woman who is, you know, so I know. And so my heart was just bleeding for her and Wolfie just stopped. Like he was like, this is all so scary, you know? (laughs) And so, and so looking at it from that point, like, it makes complete sense why he, as Damien said, he failed his first test. Is he a super empathetic child? Now? Yes. Yeah. He's <laughs> oh so sensitive to what you're feeling. So sensitive. Yeah. yeah. So just, it's all very real. It's, it, it's, and I feel like that's what's so cool about midwifery and what's so cool about what we went through together is that like, yes, Kelsey gave me tools, information, power, and you believed in me. You know, which was, I think, really hard because you saw, you did see, I mean, some part of you had to see, like, this person is, you know, there's, there's weakness or there's, like, you know, she's struggling. And I was. Um, but, man, did, did we come out, you know, <laughs> on top. And now we've got a beautiful man. So, um, so thank you again yeah. for holding that space. Thanks for Walking through with me, I felt like you hated me there for a minute. <laughs> well, I did. I did. I didn't hate you. I, in hindsight, I hated me, you know? And that was what was really hard. Well, and the system that I had to bring you into was not safe. Like, it was not sure. emotionally safe place for someone who was floundering with fear. Right. To bring, I just, there was the, that was the only way for me to get you that information that day. Yeah. Um... Yeah. It's good, though. Like, it's so good, because, like, today, and I just, I have so much respect for you, and I have so much love for you, and, um, but, it, I mean, it's important, I want listeners to know that, like, yes, in the same way that she didn't want Tiffany, someone who she loves very dearly, don't touch my baby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really was like, I never want to see this person again, you know, but, like, that, w- it was a, it was in a moment, and it was, like, the emotions and the, um, and the hormones of pregnancy, like, all working for me to really rise to become like the she wolf that I needed to be in order to take ownership of my birth and my situation. So I wonder if jumping into that system made you think that like, if you were afraid that you couldn't do it, made you think that you couldn't do it. Right. Like that Mm -hmm. system in a way confirmed the fear that you hadn't expressed yet. Yeah. But I think, you know, as people, we grow and we change from letting our circumstances and what's around us affect us mm-hmm. to affecting our circumstances and what's around us. And I think if you were to be there again and mm-hmm. you were need to step into that system for a minute and, you know, process all that, the ba- essentially the fear-based hospital system information, mm-hmm. which I don't think is bad intentions, but no. it is it is based on fear. Yeah. I think this time you would influence the atmosphere more than then it would influence you because Definitely. that's what happened last time is it influenced you and you had to, you totally removed yourself from all of it mm-hmm. and hit the reset button mm-hmm. and then you came back in with what you needed yeah yeah it was hard uh, work you uh, did hard you did a lot of hard work those couple days <laughs> I did I mean we're talking major transformation it was unbelievable yeah I mean I guess 
you know, to go into it. And then we ended up, I didn't, I took a whole day off of like not talking to anybody. I'm pretty sure you like ignored us both for like two days, at least two days. It felt like two days, but it, I think it was only one. Really? It was a whole, yeah. Because mm. it was Friday night, was 1130, was water breaking. You came over and you stayed the night in the guest room on the floor. Then mm-hmm. we did the tests, the home test. You went and got the... Yeah. What is that machine called? The... I have to learn. Oh, God. I don't even know what's called. The NST. For the NST. That thing. So that was first. And then we went at noon to the hospital to get the tests. Then we left at, like, 5 p.m. Because we did the test twice. Mm-hmm. And Damien went and got food. And then Tiffany came. And it was so really exciting. <laughs> um, and... Uh, yeah, sign the papers to release from the hospital. And then, so then the next day, so that was Saturday. So all day Sunday, I took off. Didn't talk to anybody. Monday, I called you, and we had that conversation, and you, and I was like, if you don't operate out of fear, where do you operate from? Love. Boom! And it was like, <laughs> it was like my fairy godmother. I, it was amazing. It was like, I felt the earth shake when you said that. And it's still like, I'm just... Thank you, God, for that moment. Um, and then, and then, yeah, and then I like listened to a podcast, Sister Morningstar, and then she called me because I call I called the number. She called me back, which was like bizarre because she lives in Missouri, middle of nowhere, no cell service. She called me back, and I told you know I talked to her what was happening, and or she just said she was like, "Tell me your story." And the second I started talking about like my story and. I was like, oh my God, I think something is happening. And she's in her very sweet way. She was like, oh yes, we're going to have a baby today. And I was like, you're what? This is crazy. And she was like, I'm lighting a candle. It's fine. <laughs> and um, so yeah, so I talked to her for a little while longer. Is this your morning star? Uh-huh. That's funny. You never told me that. I did. Really? I definitely, yeah. I told you that. How would I have forgotten that? That's hilarious. Yeah. And so, because you said, you were like, yeah, I sat with her in a circle or something. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but. I'm pretty sure she hated me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, either way, everybody was a part of, there was so many, like, midwives a part of it. It was, like, amazing. And so, um, so then, yeah, then I, like, called, I think maybe I called Tiffany. I was like, I think something's happening. But then either way, like, I didn't call you until, or we didn't, like, make real contact, so that was Monday night at 7.45 was when I was like, all right, Kels, shit's going on, shit's going down, and that was four minutes apart and stuff. And we were getting a baby. And we were getting a baby. Um, so, you were so beautiful, laboring, I remember that. Oh, my God. Was... You looked like a little Indian princess. <laughs> <laughs> that did make me feel better. Kelsey walked in the house and was like, Oh my God, you're beautiful. And I was like, <laughs> really? Thanks. <laughs> like grunting, and, but I was having I was having fun at that point. Like I remember the early labor, or I guess like when my when my contractions were like four minutes apart. I was having fun. I was on the yoga mat. I was like, oh, I can totally do this. And then around one a.m., I was like, fuck, I cannot do this. <laughs> You did it. And then Tiffany looked at me and she was like, your sounds are like up here. Like, can you bring them down? Remember that? I was like, bring them down. Very important. Um, Yeah. So, okay. Gosh, so many things. I want to talk to you forever, but we are at time. 
I recall, ooh, I recall Kelsey being between intense workouts when we first met. Gluten and dairy-free. You had gone gluten and dairy-free recently, I think. And um, so can you tell us what self-care looks like for you? What does that entail? Well, like in this season, it's different in seasons. But in this season for me, it's leaving time to just be with Jet and nurse and not feel rushed. Like um, I definitely had some postpartum anxiety usually around leaving him or, you know, not being able to nurse, especially after we had had a difficult time. So for me, making sure that I have that time to just sit with him and nurse really nourishes my soul. I make time to pray, um, to sing, which is Mm. not beautiful, but it's also (laughs) nourishing for my soul. Yeah. Um, For my body, I... I'm not able to exercise anymore like I used to, um, but I have chosen different types of exercise that are less intense and I don't feel the same level of fitness, but just keeping my body strong, working on healing my body from birth still. I mean, mm-hmm. it takes at least 18 months to for your yeah. tissues to recover from having a baby. Maybe not until you feel good, but it's a process. Yeah, and I think that's um, something that needs it some attention to oh yeah that's like our, a whole other podcast i will do like, that next time Health is like we'll do that a next serious time. thing that nobody is talking about yeah um i talk about it yeah me totally. too totally i tell everyone about it mm-hmm. don't do that no 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 please don't <laughs> like don't say that you yeah no don't yeah. do that um and i like i try to eat as many raw fruits and veggies i drink you know, cold press veggie juice really feels so good. Yeah. Um, but like the most important thing I think I do for myself is not be in a hurry. Uh, just take my time and make sure I have time to do everything and having that boundary when like someone wants me to do something and I had a busy week at work or I had a birth and I just have to say no because I want to be present for my son. I want to be present mm-hmm. for my husband. I want to be present for myself. I want to yeah. be present for all the people I encounter so I can be loving. Uh, and you can't do that if you're totally maxed out and stressed out. And I want to be present for my moms in labor. So yeah. if I can, if I know I can only take two births right now, I have to tell the other people no. Yeah. That's very Because I want that advice. one person to have the best that I can be instead of five people getting like... Partial in a hurry. Kelsey. Yeah. 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 In a hurry, not feeling good, you know. Yeah. That's very sound advice. I like it. I need to take it for myself. <laughs> we do too much. We do too much. Um, awesome. And so, well, and how do you steer your moms in healthy directions during pregnancy? I think a lot of that is, is what we talked about for, before, about mm. getting rid of fear. Yeah. Um, making sure that emotionally and mentally they're thinking in a way that is going to be healthy for them and not traumatic for them. So on a pie graph, I mean, I know that this is like a little numbers oriented, but like how much, so if you could put an emphasis on mental and emotional health coupled with like physical exercise, eating and sleeping, like all equal parts or like... No, I don't think so. And I know a lot of people would disagree with me on this, but if you are physically extremely healthy and if you eat perfect nutrition... 
if your thoughts are like chronically toxic and stressful and worried, it's going to negate all of that work you do for your body. You have to, you have to think healthy. You have to think pure. You have to think not out of fear. And then, you know, your emotions will respond to your thoughts. And when your thoughts are healthy and your emotions are healthy, it's so easy to take care of yourself physically. So I think changing the way you think about yourself, the way you think about birth, the way you think about nutrition, loving yourself well, chasing fear away. Like, we're not just like, okay, I'm going to passively say, I'm not going to be afraid about birth anymore. You have to turn into that lion and chase the fear away. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not putting up with this fear anymore. And intentionally renew your thought because those old thought patterns are going to want to cling to you and you have to get rid of them and intentionally build new ones. And then in that place, the nutrition is, I think nutrition is extremely important for healthy pregnancy and exercise. I'm not saying that it's not, but I am saying that chronic toxic thinking and fear is going to eat away at all the benefit that you'd be getting from those things. So I guess it's less of like a pie graph of, you know, how much equals wellness as it is the order. Yeah. You need all of it, you know, but thinking and having yourself in a spiritually, emotionally, and mentally healthy place is, has to happen first for the other stuff to take full root. Like, nutrition will root deeply and, and nourish your body and your baby, but not as deeply if you have, you know, chronic stress. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. That was, that was rocking. I agree. And, uh, um, yeah, coming from, like, a health and fitness background, like, there were times when I was eating so healthy and, you know, teaching multiple yoga classes a day, and, like, I guess I, I guess I I really fooled a lot of people, you know, like, I looked like the picture of health, but, like, inside I was just toxic mess of, like, horrific emotion, and, and that was, like, and it was during that time when I became pregnant, so Mm -hmm. that was... I'm with you. Um, Tiffany. Dear sweet Tiffany. So who um, will hopefully be on the podcast very soon. Me too. My God. What an honor. So I want to say real quick um, that I was gifted again, like by the spiritual power of the universe. Uh, Kelsey was getting married just days um, it was like on Wolfie's due date. I think I got married three days after. What day was he born? He was the 12th. Okay, so five days later. It was five days. Married. But his due date was... His due date was the 21st. Okay. So we thought you were going to be on your honeymoon. But we really kind of thought that you were going to be walking down the aisle. So... That would just happen. Like of plan course. something important when somebody has a baby. <laughs> yes. And, and of course, and I was the one, you know, and, Ke- and Kelsey didn't have a baby at this point. So it was harder for you to say no to this rogue couple, you know, living in the forest, being like, we're going to have a baby in three weeks. Will you be our midwife? And Kelsey's like, yes. Yes, but you're going to want someone else just in But case we're going to have a backup. So, out of the country. And that was the coolest part, man. So Tiffany... You know, and Kelsey, I remember you telling us, like, Tiffany is amazing, da-da-da-da. And I'm just, like, looking at Kelsey like she's my savior already. 
And I was like, no one's going to be better than Kelsey. <laughs> and then Tiffany rolls in, and I was like, oh, my God, you're amazing. And not better than, but, like, just they are this yin and yang. They are this dynamic duo and this beautiful couple, you know, two women who are partners in, partners in, in the birth work. And so, yeah, gosh, I, I'm just saying, like, it was such a blessing and an honor to have both of them. Like, I got to have both of you at my birth. I got to have both of you, and it was, and I, man, did I need them both. <laughs> Holy shnikes. Um, how did you meet, and how did you, um, like, start working together, and now you guys weren't totally partners, I guess, when we, when mm-hmm. we started, but you're partners now, so yeah. can you tell us about that evolution? <laughs> Yeah, so I was a student midwife, and um, I was working with this other practice, um, and I was just started my supervised primaries, so that's where you're kind of at the end of your, you know, school, and you, um, as far as, like, requirements go, I mean, I still had quite a journey at, after that point with school, but um, I was doing supervised like I was being the midwife under the supervision of another midwife and the midwife I was studying under um had essentially said like Tiffany needed an assistant because she was busy she's like well why don't you go do it it'd be great for you to get some experience with another midwife and Tiffany wasn't licensed at the time and Mm -hmm. my only experience had been with licensed midwife so I was really intrigued because to me she was like this rogue underground Mm. like super mysterious midwife who broke all the rules right I was like she's gotta be so naughty yeah (laughs) not following any rules she wasn't really but but so I the first birth I attended with her she was pregnant Mm. and um I, this stands out to me so clearly. The mom was, it was her first baby, and she was laboring in this tub, and Tiffany, she was really hands-off. The mom was just doing her thing, and she was just being supportive, and we were all sitting in this dark room just, just trying not to be in this mom's way, and it was really cool, and a lot more hands-off than any birth I'd ever seen before as a student. And I remember... A few minutes going by and Tiffany leaning in with the Doppler and waiting till mom's contraction was done and saying, hey, is it okay if I listen to your baby? And it totally floored me because I'd never seen a midwife show that much respect for the woman's space. Like, mm. like every midwife and every birth I've been to, they're like, okay, it's time to listen to the baby now. Or, hey, can you kind of turn this way so I can listen to your baby? Mm. But Tiffany had this absolute respect for the mother's space and the baby's space that she asked permission to listen Mm. to the baby. And to me now, that seems so extinctive. Like, why would you do it any other way? But at that point, I was like, oh my gosh, we can treat these women in a way where their birth is totally theirs and we are the outsiders. Mm. And we need to be respectful when we come into their space and... I thought it was just the sweetest, and then there were some other things that happened at that birth where Tiffany showed that mom just that total respect, mm. and I loved that. And so I kind of started taking that with me as I was, you know, doing these supervised primaries, and it wasn't really, I wouldn't say it wasn't allowed, but in some ways it wasn't really permitted. Like, it really wasn't for me to 
for everything to be the mom's decision. Mm-hmm. And this is where one of the one of the things I loved about Tiffany is her standing up for what I shared earlier of this is the mom's birth. It's not our birth. We're the outsiders and the woman needs to take ownership of it. And we're there to give information and to protect and to use these tools that we rarely need because when birth is undisturbed, it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. But most things that go wrong don't go wrong. I mean, it happens sometimes. I'm not saying it never happens, but... Um, and so I I loved that about Tiffany. And then we... I sister had a few more births, and, you know, we got along pretty good. And then a few years later, well, several years later, I... Um, I got licensed and um, had decided that I wasn't going to continue working with the midwives I had been working with, which were which were actually, I'd cycled through quite a few midwives because that experience made me think I need to see how different midwives do this to figure out, you know, what what I want to be as a midwife. And I had decided that I want I really wanted to work overseas, so I didn't join the practice that, that I had been a part of, um, which they graciously offered me a spot, but intuitively I was like, I am not supposed to take this job. Mm. Um, and so I turned it down, which was hard because I didn't want to disappoint those midwives, but I just knew it wasn't my path. Um, and so, but I also, it put me in a weird spot because... Like, it's a small town, mm. and that could that was offensive for those midwives for me to turn down this job they were offering, offering me as a new midwife. Um, but also, I didn't want to practice alone. I didn't want to go to birth alone. So when I went out on my own, I was like, I prayed, and I was like, God, I need another midwife. But it's so hard to trust because everyone does it so different, and I don't know... You know, I, I want someone who will come to birth with me. Like, I want to do this with somebody else. And um, I ran into Tiffany somewhere, and I was like, well, let's just meet and have coffee and talk about it. So we sat down for coffee, and I said, we talked about it, and we were both kind of like, yeah, we, we neither of us want to do it alone, <laughs> but we also just haven't found the right person. And so I said, okay, you go home and pray and write a list of the top 10 things that you believe about midwifery and that you want in your practice and I'll do the same thing and we'll come back and meet again. And we came back with the same list, Ah. the same list. And I was like, oh my gosh, we have like, so we got business engaged at that point. And then full body chills. Yeah. It was such an answer to prayer. And then we got business married actually like a week before Jet was born. We like officially, so we kind of like, I hired her to come to birth with me and assist me for like my first year in private practice. And then, um, we did births together for a couple more years and then we made it official. Yeah. So cool. It was, was, I think we would have made it official sooner, but we couldn't come up with a business name. (laughs) So we were like, I love it. Like legacy is really good. Yeah. It's really, really good. I knew that story was going to be good, but I didn't know it was going to be that good. <laughs> oh, so freaking cool. Well, yeah, I look forward. I really want Tiffany to be on the podcast, too. So, um, And maybe we'll do, like, a duo one with both of you. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes I feel like a podcast with two people at once is, like, you know, I guess, like, three people total is kind of, mm, but it might probably work with mm-hmm. you guys. Um, so... 
great roll into what is your most memorable birth or your most like pivotal birth experience? Mm. I was thinking about this question and I wanted it to be all these other births than the one that it is, <laughs> but I'm going to tell the truth and talk about the one that it is. Yes. Um, I had this first time mom who came into care kind of late in her pregnancy um, and she lived pretty far out of town like it took me at least an hour and a half Mm. to get to her house but she really felt like she wanted to have the baby there and I didn't feel particularly uncomfortable doing a birth out in the middle of the forest Mm. so we told her yeah we'll totally take you and um really sweet mama um had a lot of you know, a lot of stressors going on in her life. So we, I feel like we spent a lot of time trying to nurture her and love on this mama. And then... When did she come in to... Oh, she said late. late Yeah, I feel like she came in at least over halfway. Okay. And, um... She... She was due in the winter... Which the the highway between where the hospital is and where she is was quite a distance. So that was something we talked about is if something happens mm-hmm. out here in the middle of nowhere, you know, how comfortable do you feel with the distance? How comfortable do we feel? We felt, you know, okay about it. But we also explained to her, like, we don't have time to wait for orange and red flags. Like, if we get yellow right. flags, we'd need to go to town. Because right. I just want to say, we're in Bend, Oregon. I, did, I will say that. I will make a proper um, introduction telling us that we're in Bend. Telling the world that we're in Bend. Yeah. But we're in Bend. And everything around Bend is rural. Like, Every- very rural. <laughs> It is one of the most beautiful places, mountains, high desert, and Tiffany and Kelsey are actually both original from Bend, which a lot of people are not from Bend. Yeah. You know? I just want to say that, like, you guys are rooted here. Like, they are, like, real Bendonians, which is is very unique. And it was another reason why I felt so comfortable being with you guys, because it was just, like, I could feel the rootedness, the connection to the, to, like, Mother Earth. So, sorry, just had yeah. to reject that. So, no, it's, it's, a, it's a really awesome place to live. Um, so, she called me and said, you know, I didn't go out for her birth really early because she lived so far and the roads were bad that day. As um, in bad, like snowy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, she called me and, um, okay, quick background, mm-hmm. this lady loves fish. If she hears this, she's going to call me crying. <laughs> So she has all these giant, she'll know it's her, all these giant fish tanks in her little house out in, in the, the middle of nowhere. Yeah, she worked for the Forest Service, so they have this little compound, like, out, you know, outside of any real town. Wow. And um, all these, like, fish tanks lining up with these fish and turtles, and, and they're, like, her buddies, right? She cool. loves these fish. And so she calls me in labor, and I go over and spend a little bit of time with her, and I'm thinking, she's, like transitioning like she's just pulling through labor really fast Mm. um and I checked her and sure enough she was like because she asked me to just for the record we don't normally do vaginal exams unless there's a reason why um and she wanted the information and so I was like oh yeah you're 
like nine centimeters. And so I called my team. So I'm like, oh, hopefully somebody makes it out here in the middle of nowhere with me. What time is that? I didn't. I don't even know what time it was. Okay. It, it but was it's daytime. nighttime. Oh, it was it's daytime. daytime. Yeah, okay. she had a daytime birth. And um, I, so I called them and they started heading that way. I get her into the tub. I get the tub filled up for her. Um, and they show up and sure enough, she starts pushing. And so I asked her, hey, <laughs> Tiffany style, is it okay if I take a listen to your baby? You know, now that you're pushing and we've kind of changed positions and whatnot. So I took a listen and baby's heart rate is just totally tanked. It's like way down below happy zone <sighs> and it was not coming back up. <sighs> and so I waited for another contraction, had her switch positions a couple times, see if we could loosen up whatever was happening and... It just was not coming back up. This is why this is not the story that I want to be totally. my most memorable birth experience because um, it doesn't usually happen, but we're out in the middle of nowhere and this baby is saying, I'm not tolerating labor anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm done. And so I had an assistant there who was really, really inexperienced, but sweetest lady ever. I looked at Tiffany. She looked at me. We both knew. We're like, this baby is like... Oh, so a, more information, which will, you know, her baby was OP. So nice. her baby was posterior. So the we best. know in our heads, <laughs> for a first time mom, she just started pushing, baby was high. We knew that she probably had at least a couple hours of pushing ahead of her. And the baby was saying, I'm not tolerating this for 10 more minutes, let alone hours. three or four more hours. So I looked at Tiffany, we got in cahoots, and I, I gently said to my assistant, I want you please to have the phone ready to call for an air ambulance, okay? Air. Air ambulance. Because there's no way we would have made it to town. This baby was not doing it. So we were going to call a helicopter. Oh my god. And, <laughs> and I then I stopped, and I chased the fear away. Yes, mama. And I, I knelt down next to this mom, and I said, hey mama, your baby needs you to do something. And she looked at me and she said, okay. I said, I want you to climb out of this tub, lay down on your left side, because that's how baby gets the most oxygen, and I want you to push your baby out in the next five minutes. And she did. <laughs> and with no tearing, no fear, no crazy interventions. Amazing. And it just, it was so beautiful and amazing to see how... She just did it. She, and like, and it doesn't always happen that way. Like sometimes things happen that are outside everyone's control. Mm -hmm. But in this birth, the, the midwifery model of care of saying, this is not my birth. This is your birth. I do not need to sweep in and take control and make this happen. Yeah. I need you to do, to do it. I need you to do it. And I know that you can do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not afraid that you can't do it. And mm -hmm. I'm going to put all of my faith and empowering and say, hey, this is what you got to do, girl. Get out and do it. And she did. And Ugh. they were both safe. That baby was happy and healthy. And Ugh. it was so amazing to see her strength. And she chased fear away too. Like she had the choice to freeze up and say, I know something's wrong. Why is my midwife saying this to me? Mm -hmm. Like I've only been pushing for 10 minutes. What's going on? Yeah. But she didn't. She just... Very calmly did it. And what was so cool is I know that there there, there were totally angels there helping her. Mm -hmm. Like, it was not something that any of us did. Like, we had 
some miraculous help to get that baby out so gently and sweetly. And there was no fear. It wasn't this scary. Her birth was great. And none of us were freaked out. It was awesome. We were concerned and we were doing what we needed to do, but Mm -hmm. not being stupid and ignorant, but also not acting out of fear. And I know, like, it was, like, like, this was so cool. So the turtle, right? She gave birth. (laughs) Like, she climbed out right by this turtle, giant turtle cage. (sighs) And the turtle has its nose in the corner looking at her and the baby. And he's paddling his arms like this and just trying to get there. And he just did it the whole time. I was like, like, girl, your turtle knows. Like, that you just, you just... (laughs) Birds your baby, and he knows that there's these angels, like, this was a mere miracle, and this turtle's like, oh yeah, like, let me at him. <laughs> that is so cool. So I loved that. And we obviously never called an air ambulance. She was great. She didn't have any terrors. She pushed oh, her baby out so fast. OP, like, nobody does that. <laughs> That's incredible. You know, no, I, I, remember, I remember that moment. You, we had a similar moment. Uh-huh. And and I got it was like right after I had used the rebozo on the door. Yeah. And you were like, Rain, this is this has gotta happen. And I was like, Ugh! And I just like remember like I had like a brain switch. It was like and it was like it it was a it was a major shift and then I did some considerable pushing and I remember I thought what was the head was coming out. And it was the sack the water yeah it went, and, I, and and one of you i can't remember who it was like you were like yep see look it comes back <laughs> you know i had like refilled the water sack but and that was when it like really started it wasn't as good as miss turtle lady <laughs> but um but it was it was different your baby didn't need what her baby needed no you gave your baby what your baby needed yeah. and she gave her baby what her baby it's needed it's amazing you know it's amazing that power Wow. Well, and so that, I mean, I guess I will give it to you, like, because, you know, Kelsey's a mama and she's got to nurse her baby. (laughs) Um, Is there anything else that you want to say? I do think we're going to, we'll definitely have part two and probably part three. So (laughs) if you don't get to say it all now. I don't think so. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much um, for sharing everything that you've shared with us today. And, um, you know, thank you for for teaching me everything you taught me and uh, for believing in me and for believing in this podcast because I think that, like, ultimately these stories, these stories are what women need to hear. And really people, gosh, all people, people who are interested in the power of birthing their own babies is um is what the is what the message of this podcast is so i just i really appreciate you taking the time to speak about it and to share that's fun you know i will say this and a lot of people don't agree with this either but motherhood is like the biggest blessing and the biggest gift like, we get to co-create an eternal human being yeah. with God. Like, that's amazing. And our culture teaches us to run away from it and yeah. to be afraid from it and that it's inconvenient and that it's just hard and that it's going to steal all the beautiful things from you. But 
it's so much more and it's none of those things. Yeah. It's like, it's hard and you have to give up your life, but it's the best blessing in the world. And I think if I have anything to say about midwifery or motherhood that really matters, it's that. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. So I've listened to a lot of podcasts, um, sort of like in preparation for, honestly, for birth. Um, I, there was a couple of podcasts that I listened to that were men, which is interesting. And, um, and the David Goggins and Rich Roll, uh, and they talk about they're ultra runners and they're like super marathon runners and they're like climb, you know, and interviewing people climbing Mount Everest and doing all these things. And, and what's interesting about men is they, they have to go outside of themselves and, you know, and go on like crusades and, and, you know, run big races or climb mountains or whatever it is. But women, we have this built into us, like our marathon or our climbing of Mount Everest is childbirth and like that's like I felt like I felt this sort of victory like I had climbed Mount Everest when I pushed my baby out and and it's I don't know like it's something that women have that men you know don't have and it's built into us biologically and so I I view midwives as like sort of like the gatekeepers to this to this hugely spiritual um, passing, you know, it's like it's um, it's what the Native Americans call like the birthright, you know, and it is your birth. It is literally your birthright, your right to birth a baby into the world. And if you do it the right way, it heals your misconceptions and your insecurities. It heals your past traumas. It heals the who you are part of womanhood when you do birth yes. the right way. And it doesn't mean everything has to go perfect. Right. It means you set yourself up with people who are going to love you and trust you and empower you. And it means making choices the best that you can, whatever they are. And trusting the process. And it's so hard yeah and it's so easy yeah and it's so beautiful and it's life and it's death and it's nature at its best and nature at its worst mm-hmm. and it's like you said it's built into who we are mm-hmm. but it's not designed like I really believe that God has given birth to women to heal them and to empower them, not to traumatize them. And the system that we have it in that operates out of fear brings trauma. And trauma happens no matter what, but when you're nurtured, you know, and empowered, that healing, like you said, you had a transformative healing process. Mm -hmm. We need women around us who will trust us and who will love us and who will empower us, not who are going to pressure us into making decisions because of their own fear. Yeah. And I think that's what really sets, should set, you know, birth workers apart. And I'm sure there's doctors who do it that way. Yeah. And there's midwives who don't do it that way. Sure. But it's finding that pe- that person, those people. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you, listeners. And, um... 
And yeah, we'll be hearing more from Kelsey for sure. So uh, live from Bend, over and out. Thank you so much. And happy birthing. Happy birthing with love and grace. <laughs> Until next time. And that's a wrap on our very first episode. Big thanks to Kelsey for spending some time with us and sharing her story. If you want to know more about Kelsey and her home birth practice, uh, check out the show notes. Um, You'll be able to find links to all of her stuff. Uh, Big thanks to Dick Dixon for helping me um, produce this show and supporting me through my creative process which is um is a unique one so big thanks dick and um yeah tune into our next show hey!